You're listening to the Hillary Jean Podcast, the podcast to help you uncover your own unique spiritual gifts. Get ready. We're about to go on your next spiritual adventure. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is kind of a controversial topic, and it's one that I'm really passionate about, and it's very near and dear to my heart. And this is the topic of ghosts or departed souls or departed loved ones. I think we all have our own vocabulary and I invite you to, you know, change what you hear from me into your own words. But on today's episode, I want to share all about a unique gift that I have that I don't really get the chance to speak on too much unless it comes up in conversation and then I get really excited and I'm like, oh my God, I can totally help you if you're experiencing this. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity to do a podcast on this. So this episode is about the concept of the angel of death, um, the psychopomp. That is a term that we find in literature that literally just means farrier of souls. Um, We have figures like the Grim Reaper in our literature, Um, this person that comes to collect the dead, essentially. And I think the Grim Reaper gets a bad rap in literature as this scary figure that, you know, we can escape because he's here to, you know, whisk you off to a different place, but you're here and you've got unfinished business to do and how dare he. But I like to think of the Reaper as not necessarily someone that is, you know, here to take you before your time or before you're ready to go, but really is the guidepost that's like, hey, you've been dead a while, it's time to go. And I just love this topic because I think, I don't know, I don't think we speak about it enough. And I think there's a lot of us that have this gift, this angel of death um, gift inside of them, but we don't get the chance to learn about it. And I think when we do have this gift, I mean, first of all, I believe everyone has this ability to help another soul move forward. But I think when this is particularly part of your calling, um, the way that this gift um, manifests itself in our lives can be, I'm just going to say it, it can be terrifying. It doesn't present any typical, stereotypical um enlightenment or this, oh my gosh, I'm this amazing person and I have all these beautiful things happen to me. The way that this gift presents itself is something that is not, um, it's not patriarchy approved. It's not, um, always light and fluffy and part of the lighter side of, um, the spiritual world. And I think we shy away from talking about this and uh, I think it's it's interesting because I see other mediums that completely deny a lot of this existence Mm -hmm. and in my opinion I think that's part of um, perhaps spiritual bypassing but I can talk about that another time all I can do is speak to my experience so that's exactly what I'm gonna do here today so I think I'll just share part of my journey and give some context, um, but don't worry, I will give you exercises and meditations and things that you can work on if you find yourself in a similar situation where things are happening to you and you have no idea what to do and you feel afraid, essentially. So I'm going to share a little bit about my journey. So when I was a teenager, 
Um, you hear me talk about this a lot in my previous episodes where I'm talking about, I'm hearing voices in my head. I'm connecting with people that have departed and it was so overwhelming to me as a teenager because I had been so conditioned by society that if you're hearing voices in your head, um, go check the DSM. You probably have schizophrenia or another disorder. And we're so trained right off the rip um, to police ourselves, to police our version of crazy, that I think it can cause a lot of inner strife and it can only hurt you as you're trying to um, let this gift blossom and bloom. So, like I said, when I was a teenager, um, I started experiencing things. Um, a, I had these visions of people that weren't me, that I didn't feel connected to, but at the same time, I was getting a lot of information on. Um, I used to fill journals with images and visions of these things, and it would be, it always was something like, you know, I'd be watching a movie or I'd be reading a book and suddenly I would just feel instantly connected with a point in time and not in a way that felt deep. In another episode, I talk about connecting with your past lives. And I think there's this really deep part of us that connects with different periods in history. Um, but this was like a surface level connection, which I thought was odd. Um, and back then I didn't, I wasn't really able to distinguish the two. So I just point that out for you in case this is happening to you as well. But anyway, so it'd be always like something like, okay, I'd see a woman with dark hair. I'd see like 1700s clothing and I would feel all this fear around my neck. There was literally this one time in college when I connected with the soul of this woman who had um, in the Victorian area tripped down a flight of stairs, broke her neck and it died. And I suddenly became afraid of stairs and I, didn't understand why, like literally I avoided, there's this staircase in um, the University of Montana's music building where I went to um, undergrad there. And I started avoiding the stairs there because I was like, I could just feel the sensation in my neck and it was just the oddest thing. And that was around the time that I finally got ballsy enough to explore the gift and to ask if it was part of me or something else. And I ended up writing down this woman's story and essentially I began a conversation with her in which I was like, hey, I'm really sorry you passed. And it sounds like you broke your neck, which is awful, but you gotta leave me alone because I'm becoming afraid of stairs and this isn't helping me. And I could just feel that she was just wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen, wanting to be witnessed. And, and she was ready to go and go wherever it was time for her to go to. And I know a lot of that, like I even laugh right now because I can hear the programming in my head that's like, that's so crazy and so weird. And oh my God, I can't believe you're sharing this in a podcast. But I, this gift is just so important. Um, and, and it's so vital. And I think so many of us have this, but we're not talking about it. And Another way that this gift can present itself is maybe not with the clarity of the visions like I was having, but in the form of um, weird shit starting to happen to you. Um, so for example, it's so funny whenever I hear um, one of my clients, I say funny, but I 
I laugh because I just, I know what's going on and I'm here to offer help and solace. Um, but particularly when we have this gift and we're not using it and what essentially happens is you have lots of energy that starts coming towards you because they can see your title, which is an angel of death, you can help, but you may not have embraced that title yet or even know what it is. And so when you get energy that comes to you thinking you can help um, and you're not helping in the way that it thought you could, it starts manifesting louder and louder in your life. And what that can look like is objects moving um, without being touched. For example, when I was, I want to say like 19, leading up to, you know, essentially when I finally had the audacity to ask this woman with the neck, broken neck, you know, what was going on, I started having shit move around me. And I had books fall off shelves, steady shelves, the book is tucked in there, and then I hear something and I look over and it's on the floor. And the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and you have this choice in that moment to rationalize it and go oh my god like that didn't happen and if I ignore this then it really didn't happen and I don't have to tell anybody about it or you can kind of stop and consider why the hell did a book come off the shelf and who is trying to get my attention here and I have found and I have this from personal experience from the people I've talked to my clients my own family members that I've connected to with this is the more that you ignore things like the book falling off the shelf, um, the more pronounced these, um, I don't know, I want to say hauntings, but I don't love that word. The more pronounced these hauntings are, um, another book flies off the shelf the next day, um, maybe two weeks go by. I had this whole time period in my life where every time I was turning on light bulb, not every time, but when I was turning on light bulbs, they were bursting internally and I'd hear this like pop sound and they would burn out a month after I put them in, which LEDs last like years and years and years. So I could not explain why the hell light bulbs were always breaking around me and not anyone else in my family. And just these odd, odd things. Um, another way is I will see shadows out of the corner of my eye and that's for me, I know now that that's my signal. Oh, hey, someone's trying to get my attention. Um, there's some work I could do if I choose to do it. And I just offer that to you because I think so many of us, this shit starts happening to us and it's terrifying. And the only thing that we have going for us, excuse me, when this does happen is we've got societal programming in our head telling us we're crazy. And we've got the whole rhetoric of horror movies of something's wrong with you or you've been targeted or, you know, the devil's coming after you or, you know, there's a demon attached to you. It just, we get all these horrible, crazy stories that really shame us and make us feel like there's something wrong with us or worse yet, that we've done something to warrant this this these hauntings or these um these happenings in our life which I just want to take the lid off that and say none of that is true and I want to offer you a different explanation or a different way to look at it so the other way to look at that is you were born 
with a gift. And this, it's, I like to think of it like a contract. Um, contracts are always optional to sign for the most part. Um, but in this instance, we're going to pretend, okay, you, you're born. You have this contract waiting for you, should you choose to accept it. And you have a choice here to accept it. And, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Ah, found it. So you're born, you're born, you have this contract waiting for you. And up until the point where you either accept or reject the contract, um, the world is still, the universe is still acting as if you are going to accept that role. And I want to put this out there as you, ha you always have a choice. And if you don't want to choose it in this life and you want to say no in this life, that's perfectly okay too. And there's a time and place when you might feel called to re-examine your contract and, you know, make different terms and go, oh yeah, you know, I want to accept this now. But I just, I want to put that out there because I think sometimes we feel like we're <clears throat> the chosen one and we have to take on a burden that we're not yet ready for. So anyway, so that's my explanation is... Things are going to come to you until you acknowledge this gift or, you know, and choose to accept it and agree, agree to the terms of the contract or you you choose to deny it. And that's totally fine, too. Um, but I think making that choice will bring you a lot of solace and is going to either help these things from happening to you or it'll help and you can essentially get them to stop happening by, you know, rejecting I say that in air quotes because it sounds so serious, but come on, we're having fun here. So you can either reject this gift and say no to it, um, not now, no thank you for me, or you can accept it and then I'm going to give you all the tools you need in this episode to do that work with more peace and more solace and to not get so freaked out when the book flies off the shelf. Um, and yes, it does still happen to me 10 years into accepting my own gift. I have, I still see shadows. I get things like that. But the difference between me now and me before I accepted that is I used to get so spooked and freaked out and have this whole internal crazy dilemma. And now I just go, oh, what do you need? And I take care of it right then or there, right then and there. So I know we're getting meta with it today. We're get, we're going there with all the things. Um, so if this is something that sounds like you or something that you're like, oh my God, my friend was talking about to me about that. Please send them this episode or put them in touch with me. I would love to share that there's a different way forward that is not um, shaming for you as a person and is empowering and unshaming and will allow you to step into this gift, however that looks like for you. So where did I get all this information? <laughs> when I was in my 20s, um, like I said, I had the, the vision of the woman was one of the big ones. I mean, I kid you not, I was afraid of stairs for like weeks and weeks before I finally just was like, I'm going to face this head on and allow myself to be crazy for a moment and go there. And as soon as that happened, I had another, it's like, okay, we've helped the woman. And now then I had, I think it was a male and I just remember like rotting in the ground and it was this horrible, awful, disgusting feeling. And I think this man had been buried alive and he just needed to be witnessed, seen, very similar to the woman. 
Um, so I, I communicate with this man. I get a lot more of his story and help him. And then as soon as I did that, I got the next thing. I got the next thing. I got the next thing. And I'm just at this time, I don't know what this gift is. And I'm just really starting to get down on myself and feel ashamed and feel crazy. Um, you know, being raised Catholic, there was nothing to prepare me for this. And I, I remember um, I was living in Missoula, Montana at the time, and I drove to this Catholic church off of, I think it's off Orange Street and, oh, I can't even remember. It's downtown-ish. Anyways, and I was sitting outside that Catholic church and I, I, I literally froze in the parking lot because I was terrified. I wanted help with this gift and I wanted to talk to another spiritual person about it and I, something stopped me from going in because I was like, oh my gosh, they're not going to understand and they're going to commit me and they're going to think that I am, I just had all this guilt come up that was like, oh, they're going to, you know, tell me I'm an asshole and how dare I think that I'm gifted when I'm not or I don't know, it just felt like the wrong place to go. So I meditated and I, I turned to yoga and I turned to meditation and I asked, I asked the universe, that was something that positive from Catholicism that I, that my dad taught me was you can ask for information, just set in a really powerful intention with who you're going to ask. So I remember asking God and I set this intention at this time and I was like, all right. And now I say universe because that feels like a better term to me. But at that time, you know, my terminology was God. So I said, God, <clears throat> you got to help me with this. I feel absolutely crazy and I don't know what to do. And I, I, I just am going out of my mind. Um, I keep getting these people that have died. Why am I seeing images of people that have died? Why are... Why am I seeing shadows? Why are books falling off the shelves when they shouldn't be? Why are my light bulbs exploding on me? And I, I, it took a while to get an answer, but I did get an answer and I heard angel of death and I immediately was terrified <laughs> because who wants to hear angel of death? I mean, I immediately pictured the grim reaper and was like, ah, like what the fuck? Um, but I, it took me, I think it took me like two days to actually like answer that voice. And one of the saints that I had connected with or felt connected to throughout all of Catholicism was Archangel Michael. And so I did a quick Google search as one does, um, as a millennial does when they get a new piece of information they don't understand. And I Googled angel of death and guess who pops up when you Google that, um, Archangel Michael. And so I set an intention, okay, I'm going to connect with Archangel Michael and there's a prayer in Catholicism and I, I think I grabbed that prayer and I held on to that prayer and I was like, okay, like I'm going to just have to trust that that's who's coming to me and know in my heart of hearts that I will know if it's not. Um, and so Archangel Michael came to me and I wrote down this beautiful message from him and he essentially explained to me that there are um, angels of death in the world that are connected to him that have this gift that are here to help the departed that have not moved forward in the way that you know we all dream you move forward and there's 
soul fragments of people that haven't moved forward and entire you know moments in time where we as souls get I don't want to say lost or trapped but we hold ourselves here and the more that I've, I've done this work I have a little bit more of an explanation for why I think that is um, but essentially energy does not move forward in a way that it could to go back to source and there are people that are living and breathing in this world that are sensitive to that energy and we have this unique power to help that energy move forward and bring a little bit more peace and light and solace into this world and I say this with such reverence for this gift um, because what feels terrifying is actually this beautiful opportunity to help clear the energy around you and to help these spaces in our lives, these physical places in our lives begin to heal. And I just, I don't know, it's so near and dear to my heart to have this unique gift and to get to share this with others because I feel like there's this whole army of us out there that um, I don't love the term army, warriors out there, light warriors um, out there that are able to do this and we're maybe not doing it because we're afraid of it or we've been taught to fear um, this part of us. So yeah, so I meditated, I connected with Archangel Michael and he gave me um, this process that I'm going to share with you on how to help a soul move forward. And the very first episode of this podcast, I did this very intentionally, is this concept of your own incorruptible light. And I I urge you to go back to that episode because I give a meditation in there on how to find your incorruptible light. And I think before I give you the exercise that Archangel Michael gave me, having that knowledge and that skill set and that ability to conjure your own peace and feel this source, this part of the source that we are, that is incorruptible, that will never be touched by darkness. Um, and even if it is touched by darkness, it won't change. It won't be transmuted into darkness. It's always just going to be this piece of light we carry. And I think that can bring us a lot of um, peace for our nervous system, because when we begin to connect with energy that um, we can't see, perhaps we can't, um, that is not readily available to all of our senses, it can be unsettling for us and it can cause, I mean, I finally have gotten to a point where I don't break out into a full sweat when I'm giving readings. And I used to in the beginning because communicating with this energy was so foreign to me um, that my nervous system just took it as a threat. So I just invite you to connect with your own incorruptible light um, while you're doing this exercise or as a little um, preamble to this exercise. So the exercise that I'm going to give you is called the ritual of three. I don't know if it's actually called that, but that's what I've given the name to. Um, and this essentially is an exercise to transmute energy. And when I say transmute, it's not that you're taking like a dark ghost and you're turning them into light. It's this idea of transmuting the fear that holds a soul here on earth and prevents that soul from thinking they have the ability to move forward. 
Um, so that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying transmuting. And so the way that I see this exercise is in light and dark. And like I said, darkness is not necessarily negativity. I could do a whole other podcast on that and perhaps they will. Um, but in this instance, we're just going to look at darkness as a barrier that's preventing us from moving forward. So when I, when you encounter a soul or an energy, say the book has fallen off the shelf and you go, who's there? <laughs> um, one of the first things we need to do is acknowledge that there's a presence. Um, that way this presence doesn't keep throwing books to get your attention. Not that they would, but you know, bear with me here. So we've acknowledged, we acknowledge the presence. And in this moment, I like to ask, I say, are you here to move forward? And this is where it's really, um, you're going to be aided if you're in touch with your intuition, because you just get a knowing of whether or not this person or this being is ready to move forward. For me, I get shown their light. And for me, it literally just looks like a little star or a little pinprick of light. And when I see that pinprick of light after I've asked the question, I know, oh my gosh, this thing, this being is ready to go. Um, they just have all of this barrier of darkness around them, of shadow around them. Like I said, it's not negativity, it's just darkness for the sake of this exercise. Um, and so when I see the light, then I can proceed to the ritual of three. There are times when I ask that question and I don't see the light and I know immediately that this becomes an opportunity for me to set some really harsh physical boundaries, spiritual and physical boundaries with this being that is trying to get my attention. Because I also have this theory, um, when we are able to be communicated with, um, I like to joke that it's like we put this, it's like having a beacon up that's like, hey, this person will respond to energy and we will attract people that are ready to go and we will attract people that aren't ready to go that are looking to get a rise out of us and create a little fear because, I don't know, I mean, I could speculate on why that is, but we're not going to for this episode, eh, for the purpose of this podcast, so... When there is a being that is not ready to go, this is a fantastic opportunity for you to set some hard, fast boundaries. Um, you are a being in the physical world and they are not. And so you get to command your physical environment and set harsh energetic boundaries to get this thing to leave you alone. And these boundaries are so vital for your own mental health. Because I think it's so funny because like when I watch horror movies and there's a ghost or whatever and I'm like, good God, these people need to like, A, just ask this thing what it wants and B, set some boundaries if they can't help it and get this thing to move out. Because I firmly believe that we command our space and when we take energetic control, that's when we can bring, we can bring our own incorruptible light outside of us and in our physical environment, into our room, into our house. Um, sometimes I will take this light and I will spread it on my entire street block and I'm like, nothing is getting through this barrier. Don't even try me. And so I offer that to you if, like I said, you do this exercise and you just are overcome with fear, likely that being is not ready to move on and it's time for you to dig deep, tap into your own incorruptible light and set some hard fucking boundaries with this thing. So, okay. 
So let's go back to the scenario where the book's fallen off the shelf. I've acknowledged the, the presence and it's ready to move forward. I say it, I don't know. I don't like gendering things. Um, it is ready to move forward. At this point, um, one of the, I don't say mistakes because it was all part of my learning process. I used to think that I had to connect with this person and I had to hear their story and I had to hear um, how they died and what their regrets were. And what I learned after filling probably a hundred of those out, <laughs> it's like a little questionnaire, um, is I realized that none of that information actually mattered for what they were here to do, which was move forward. And so I will, for my own boundaries, um, I take this person to, I, I say the waiting room, um, because like I said, when you open this gift and sometimes it feels like you're in the middle of a gymnasium and there's a thousand people there trying to get your attention and you're like, hey dude, I'm just trying to drive to work um, or type this paper or answer this customer service call and you don't really have time to be your attention so split. So I created in my head the waiting room. I say, okay, go to the waiting room. And for me, it looks like this dark cave that is lit with pink light. I don't know, that's just what I got. So I offer you to create your own beautiful waiting room and decorate it however you please. Um, I find the cave comforting. So they go to the pink cave and that's if I don't have time to deal with it. If I have time to deal with it, then I'll just get right to it. But I offer you the waiting room because it is a handy, handy tool that you can come back to when you have the time. So you have the option to put them in the waiting room. And then from there, we move on to the ritual of three. And essentially what this is, is a breathing exercise in which there's gonna be three really powerful breaths. And to start this um, is essentially an inhale. And I picture light entering a third of the body. So I imagine this being in a corporeal form and a body form. And usually for me, the first third is up to the hips. And so I say to them, okay, we're gonna take three breaths together. On the first inhale, you are going to imagine light filling one third of your body. And so you breathe in. And I like to imagine light filling my own body because it just, I love this exercise. It feels so peaceful. So imagining light filling one third of my body. And then on the exhale, I imagine that same third of my body, so my feet up to my hips, exhaling out that darkness and exhaling out that shadow. And so we're breathing in the light, we're exhaling it out. And I physically will imagine the light leaving, or not the light leaving, the darkness leaving and the light coming in. So I think the power of visualization, uh, visualization is a very powerful tool here. On the next breath, it's the next third of the body, which I know these aren't proportional, but for me energetically, that comes up to my shoulders. And so I imagine, okay, from my hips to my shoulders, this next third of me filling up with light. And as you exhale, you exhale that third of your body, exhaling out the shadow, exhaling out the darkness, exhaling out the fear. And then you guessed it on the last, the third inhale, um, light filling your entire body and shooting out the crown of your head and the shadow of the darkness exiting out of your body on the exhale. And then I know it's the ritual of three, but I like to do a fourth breath in which I just imagine the whole body 
and light and any remaining extra shadow darkness gets a chance to go out here. And then at that point, you're done. And I know it sounds weird to be like, yep, yeah, all you have to do is breathe. But essentially, every time I've done this exercise, that being is like, ah, I get it. And they go on their own. You don't have to open a door. You don't have to guide them. You don't have to push them. Um, they're going to know where they need to go next. Um, it is truly magical in that regard. And in my early days, I used to ask for a symbol that, you know, they were ready to go and that this, I helped them. And interestingly enough, and I think this because I was raised Catholic, I used to get the, the sign of the cross on my forehead. Um, I don't know if you've ever done Ash Wednesday, but they take ashes and put them on your forehead and spread them in the down and then a sideways motion to make a cross on your forehead. And I used to just feel like almost very gently somebody touching my forehead in that manner. And it brought me a lot of peace to receive that symbol. I don't feel as connected with the rituals of Catholicism anymore. And so I don't, it's interesting when I let that part go, that symbol also left for me, but at that time it meant so much to me. And so I offer that to you and that you can ask for a symbol that this has helped and ask for like, okay, are we done here? I need a, I need a moment of closure so I can move back to my day. And I just find that in the beginning, it was so helpful for me to be like, okay, I've done like closing the book. Um, just the end of that. And yeah, usually for a moment after that has happened, I will just take a few moments to shake my own energy out. I will physically shake my limbs because it feels good to me and I'm able to move my body in that manner. But I invite you just to take a moment to sit in peace, to regain a little bit of um, calm for your nervous system and to just take that moment to come back to the present. And I find this exercise to be really, really powerful, even outside of working with energy that has departed. Um, there's times it's like I said earlier, like it's like you become a beacon and you start picking up and picking up. And I almost think of it as like you're a magnet or you've got like a Velcro suit on. And as you're moving through the world, you're getting magnets or you're getting other pieces of emotional baggage that are being stuck to the Velcro. And this ritual is like a way to peel these um, things that have gotten stuck to us that aren't serving us off, um, especially if you're an empath. I know that I'm, um, I have em empath abilities, but I don't have it in the extreme. Um, I like to say like, oh, I'm 50% empath. <laughs> I don't know if it works that way, but for me, like there are times when my boundaries are not as firm as they, as I like to keep them. And I will pick up on a lot. Um, and I know there are some people that may not yet have the boundaries set up. Um, that's why I say I'm like, eh, 50% is sometimes I let things through, but for the most part, I'm working very hard to not let things through. So if you are somebody that is, um, associates with the idea of being an empath and feel like, ah, I just can't turn it off. Um, I, I used to think that I was that way and I was not doing my best work in this world by taking on everything around me, by being the magnet covered in, it's like, you know, those fridges where they're just covered in magnets. They're my favorite, especially when there's like kids photos and things like that. That's how I grew up. 
And I'm like, I'm not serving the world in my best ability when I'm covered in magnets and just hanging on to them and lamenting the fact that I'm covered in magnets. I want to offer to you that you have the power to set firm boundaries energetically. Um, we talked about the incorruptible light and earlier in this podcast, I mentioned bringing that light outside of you. That is a way for you to energetically set up a barrier around your Velcro suit or a reverse polarity around your magnet um, and your ability to attract things. And I just offer that to you to play with um, because I'm doing my best work when my boundaries are rock solid and I have the opportunity to say, hey, is there anyone in the waiting room? Because I set this intention that if someone comes to me needing to move forward or is you know seeking my help to move forward, that it's like, I, I joke that I've got signs set up that are like, hey, Hillary's unavailable, but you can reach her at these hours, go to the waiting room. And then periodically I will check in on my waiting room and go, oh my gosh, there's like a thousand people in here. Let's do something about this. Or like, oh, crickets, okay, we're good. Um, I just think when I am out in the world moving, not bogged down by the stories of people that have departed that, yes, they're tragic in their own right, but I, when I'm bogged down and feeling too much, I don't actually get my work done and I'm not able to help the other person in the room. Uh, it takes me too long to help the one person. So I just offer that to you. Boundaries are just such a bonus. And I think you're allowed to set them with with presence and beings. Um, when the book falls off the shelf and you've got shit going on in your life, I will literally say like, hey, go to the waiting room. I see you've missed the signs. Go to the waiting room and I will help you when I'm able to. But right now I am in the physical world and I have a lot of things to do so that I survive, take care of myself, me and my family. And I just, I will argue all day that that is a better way to do it than dropping everything, taking on this huge burden emotionally and then wrecking yourself for the day so that you're not able to eat, move, sleep, go to work, any of those things. So I just offer that to hopefully inspire you to kick yourself in the pants, not to shame you if you're if you're doing that at the moment. Um, like I said, I did that for years and I was this anxious fucking wreck. And I just share that because like there's another way and it doesn't, you don't have to be swallowed in anxiety and carrying this gift um, as a burden, but really truly as the gift that it is. And I just know that you can help so many more people when you're out there using it. So oh what a podcast episode this is i think i just feel like i bared my entire soul to you guys but i'm i'm really happy i did because i think like i said i know so many of us have this gift and i think the world can be a more loving forgiving beautiful place when we talk about these things and we acknowledge the energy that's around us um and things like that um one other thing i wanted to mention and which I don't think I said is, you know, in that waiting room, I, I joked that sometimes I'll see a thousand people in there and I'm like, oh, it's go time. It's not that I have to do that ritual a thousand times. I will literally go, hey, everyone. And we're all going to do this together as a collective. And so I think that can be a really powerful way too if you feel different energy coming to you and you feel overwhelmed. Like, oh, I got to help each individual one by one. 
you don't. And I know that sounds cold um, and perhaps detached, but I think there's an element of that that is beneficial to this work. When we can be a little detached, we can help more people more efficiently and take care of ourselves in the process. So yeah, this has been a, a weird episode, but I'm so excited to talk about this because I don't get to talk about it enough. Um, if you find yourself nodding along to things that I was saying, but a little spook to try this out on your own, um, reach out to me, schedule a reading with me. I would love to give you a little bit more insight from your guides and offer you some tools in real time. Hit me up on social media, things like that. I would love to chat with you. You are not alone and there is peace and solace and a little bit of joy available to you should you choose to embrace this gift. Um, on the other side of that, if you feel like this whole idea sounds terrifying and you're like, I want no part of that, um, but Hillary, these things are happening to me. Like, what do I do? You turn down the contract and you just say, hey, I am not available for this at this moment. Um, this is not for me. And thank you very much for thinking that it was for me, but you know, I really feel called to not approach this um, now and I would like to be left alone as I navigate my way through life. And I think you can just kill him with kindness and set this loving firm boundary that says no. Because I, one of the themes that comes up a lot in my readings is um, time is nothing and, or there is no right time, there's no perfect timing, no time lost. And I'll, I'll get some version of that phrase in readings. And essentially what that means is there's not a right time to accept this gift. Um, it could be seven lifetimes from now. It could be that you never take it and that's okay. Um, the perfect moment is when it feels right to you. That's when it's right to take the gift um, or to take the contract and say, oh yeah, you know, I think this is something I do want to explore. I feel called to do. That's the perfect time. And there's no time lost if you never want to take this gift and you want to focus on something else. I think there's something really powerful in knowing what is near and dear to your heart and accepting that. And for example, like I, in my own gifts, um, did feel very called to accept this and I did. And early on before I started giving readings to myself, I had I didn't think it was the right time for me to give readings and so I didn't and I didn't think that I could and suddenly one day it did feel like the right time and I joke that I'm like oh that was the perfect time to take it because it felt right for me to explore it so if none of this makes sense um thanks for sticking it out with me but anyways this has been a truly a joy to talk about all of this with you like I said hit me up on social media if you have any questions you can book a reading with me at hillary-jean.com. I would love to chat with you and get to explore what's coming up for you. So stay tuned, guys. I'll have more episodes for you, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Hillary Jean Podcast. If you're looking for more adventure, head on over to hillary-jean.com to connect with my latest body of work. I offer spiritual readings, spiritual mentorships, and if you're looking for a little jewelry to wear, you can go to craftedwithlightmt.com. You can follow me on Instagram at hillaryjean underscore spiritual medium. 
and I'll see you around for the next episode.